0: This passage that we're going to be focusing on here is in chapter 28 of Genesis. Genesis 28 with this depiction of the Jacob's ladder, this ladder between heaven and earth. Or as you might say, it continues on this theme we've seen from the beginning of Genesis, especially in Genesis 2 and 3 where, we, where we've been talking about the two trees. Well, here again, we're, we have two trees two ways of connecting to the kingdom of god but then you also see two conveyors for the kingdom of god one of which as we've seen as we pass through uh the one of the earliest parts uh the second torah section called noach so one of the the first things we see with the tree And just as a key reminder, because these are like building stones, one on top of another, on top of another. So in chapters two and three of Genesis, we are introduced to these two trees. These two trees. Now, the tree of life, that is heaven's directed path. It says, you eat from any tree of the garden. But there is one tree that you do not eat from, the tree of knowledge of good and bad. That one you do not eat from. So when you look at something that we had t- touched on in a, a previous, a previous uh, section talking about the two trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and bad, the tree of life comes from a time period where there is true and false. True and false. Does that ring a bell on something we just read earlier today? True and false. What, where did we read about that? John chapter 1. We'll be getting back to that in just a minute. It's a very interesting discussion with Nathaniel about true and false. And that is the key with the tree of life. It is in a realm that is true and false, different from good and bad or good and evil, but true things that are true and things that are false because it is in a realm where the, there is death and there is life. So death and life, true, false. And also you see that the tree of life is built upon faith, your trust in the Holy One that says, listen to me, I've given you every tree to eat from the garden. Just don't eat from that one. But the other tree, the tree of knowledge of good and bad, that's based upon desire. And we've looked at, in previous times, these three things, these three things that uh, Chavah or Eve says it's good for food delight to the eyes desirable to make one wise but what you see is that is false that is false because where is the true source of um, the knowledge to make one wise where is true wisdom from That's from the king of heaven and earth. So you see, the tree of life is pointing man where? To the kingdom. To the king of heaven and earth. To the creator of heaven and earth. That's where the tree of life points you. Where does the tree of knowledge of good and bad point you? Where I think the way that you find wisdom is. Where I think... It is delightful to the eyes. My perception of it, it looks like it's great. But is it really? Where is it taking you? It's taking you toward yourself, to the things of the earth, to the things that are the temporary, the things that are the created part of the kingdom of heaven and earth. Remember, we were going back a over Romans chapter 1 here recently, and how you have that shift between the, t- the tree of lifetime period, your focus is on who? The creator of heaven and earth. The tree of knowledge of good and bad, your focus is on what? What I want. And then your focus is on what? The things that the Lord has made, not the creator. And if your focus is on the things that are made, not the creator, you start to shift your priority and it's a slide that happens over time you start letting go of some things over time who do you start trusting do you put your trust in the creator of heaven and earth or you put the trust in the things that the creator of earth has created and thus if you put your trust in the things you start moving away from what is true to what is false those things that don't last that don't persist that don't go on when you then move on to what we're talking about we've got the two trees going on the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and bad so you see the movement between life and death between faith between faith and desire or what you could call the spirit and the flesh, those two things. Now look at what we're looking at here today, the two conveyors into the kingdom, the two ways of getting into the kingdom. Now Jacob's ladder, as it's talked about here in Genesis 26, that he has a rock that's under his head, and that rock factors in quite heavily, and as you see moving down through the Torah, eventually you get down to, Devarim, or Deuteronomy, and it's like our rock is not like their rock. Our rock. It's a unique rock. Now, the other thing we pass by in Genesis, Genesis chapter 11, with the tower of Babel, or Babel, that tower is made from what? Bricks. Bricks versus rock. Rock is unique, each one different. That's why the altar was to be made from rocks. Not not fashioned rocks, but just rocks as you find them. That is what altars of the Lord were made from. And that's what Yaakov was resting his head upon. Babel, on the other hand, was made from bricks. This was Man says, I want to go up into the sky. How do I get the stuff to go into the sky most efficiently? Gotta make it. Start mass producing the bricks. Mass producing them. And then you can start moving on up pretty, pretty quickly. Now, one of the things that you see with the the ladder. In Genesis 26, that is a ladder that reaches up to heaven. And it talks about the, the angels, these melachim, going up and down on the ladder. Now, what is the tower doing? Where is the direction for that? <laughs> it's only going about halfway. <laughs> but yes, it is man saying, I am down here and I want to go up there. I want to go to the realm, to- I want to go higher than i am so you are now reaching up but the ladder is with its top into heaven and up and down the course but the very interesting thing that you see and it's just kind of mentioned in passing and uh, commentators over thousands of years have uh, not really known what to do with it is that strictly speaking when it was talking about here in genesis 26 and it says when the Lord is starting to speak to Yaakov, it says, the Lord was above. And it's using that Hebrew um, preposition, al. You know, like you have the airline el al, and, and that el al strictly means to and above. And so you could say, well, the Lord was above the ladder. But Strictly speaking, you could also say the Lord was on the ladder because that is on another way that you see all being used. So strictly speaking, you could be saying that the Lord was on the ladder when he was talking to Yaakov, which makes it quite interesting what we just read over there in John. Because what does what does Yeshua say to Natalia? You will see heaven open and you will see what? Yes. So the passage again, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man there in verse 51 of John chapter 1. So you see the latter, the Son of Man. So very interesting, you have this this picture both back there in Genesis 26 and here in John chapter 1 that you have the... Son of man, the Mashiach, is the latter. And you see earlier on in John chapter 1, is the son of man, the Mashiach, is what? The, the word. The word of God became flesh. So when you see earlier on that the word of the Lord did this, the word of the Lord came to this prophet, the word of the Lord this is something where heaven is now reaching down to earth. And you see this where the messengers of God are going back and forth on this ladder. So thus it gets back to what Yeshua was saying to him. And when Yeshua said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit, Now, that indeed is the Greek word uh, aletheo. And aletheo is where you get the idea of truth. It's the same word that's used for truth or emet in the Septuagint. So, truth. Truly, I say to you, out of truth, you are a true Israelite. You are a true one of Israel in which there is no deceit. So, you're talking to someone who knows the word of God. And you say to him, using reference about, you will see angels descending and de- ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Where do you hear about that in the Torah? Jacob's Ladder. You're talking about, you are a true Israelite. What is another name? What was Yaakov's name changed to? Israel. And what was one of the things that Yaakov uh, is connected to? What the meaning of his name? Deceiver, or one that nudges out, is a, is a nudger. Uh, someone who protrudes out like your heel protrudes out from your foot, which is why you've got them synonymous heel and Yaakov or Jacob together. So a very interesting picture that you're saying to someone who knows the Bible well, Nataniel, saying, Hey, this is that picture that you saw between heaven and earth, connecting there at the house of God, Beit El. That is the function of what the Mashiach is doing. So, Nataniel, just like with Yaakov, when he saw this picture, connection between heaven and earth and he took that connection hey surely god is in this place because when we started out there in chapter 28 it kept saying um in this particular version the new american standard it talks about he and he came to that place the place it's strictly speaking of makom which is another name for the place And it is another specific word that is also used as a euphemism for the Lord himself, that the Lord is the place. So it's a very interesting picture that you see later on where it says he will look for Makom to put Hashem, put the name in the place. This is a very specific place where the Lord is putting the name. So, what is one of the things that we see from um, Psalm 118? About, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he. And that is one thing that the descendants of Yeshua. Uh, Jerusalem, will have to acknowledge is that, hey, who is actually coming in the name of the Lord? Nathanael, you are a true Israelite, not a deceiver. You are a true Israelite. You are one who is ruling, wrestling with God, as the name Israel means one who struggles, one who rules with God. So, are you contending with God to try to shove the creator of heaven and earth out of the way because inconvenient, don't like it? Or are you one that is contending, appealing, crying out to the Lord because you want the Lord to be a part of you, and then take that and be a part of this legacy, a part of the fear, the fear of Yaakov. That's a euphemism for what is the fear of of, uh, Yitzhak. The fear of Yitzhak is the creator of heaven and earth. So that picture that we have of Nataniel, And under the fig tree, one who's praying, seeking, really wanting to know. Wanting to see this connection. Wanting to have the connection with heaven and earth. Because isn't that why we pray? We pray so that we can have a connection. What is inside of us pours out. And that what the Lord has poured out upon us with the word then becomes a part of us and we understand and we grow closer to heaven as a result of this. So that is one of the, the great pictures that we have when we look forward at Nataniel and he's under this, this fig tree and that seems to be something that shows up in later literature as being a euphemism for, or a figure of speech for studying the words of God, studying the Torah, is being under your fig tree. So you have this picture that he was praying, studying, reading the words of God. What does heaven really want to say to earth? Then he hears from Yeshua later, and he says, yeah, I saw you under that tree you wanted to have the connection between heaven and earth kind of like with Yaakov getting shown this connection first it's shown as a ladder and he's Yaakov's kind of off to the side then as we see at the end of this passage he encounters these messengers of heaven again he's like oh I'm coming up to a camp of God so, coming closer, and then as we are going to go into our next, to our reading, what then happens even further? As he's going back to Esau, we're going to see a wrestling with heaven and earth. So, it's gone from a dreaming, kind of seeing this connection between heaven and earth, to now encountering the messengers of heaven now he's going to be wrestling with the messenger, the greatest messenger from heaven. So here we have this, this picture going forward is the legacy of heaven and earth are the ones who really want to know who God is and who want to really struggle to find out, to work through, we're in the realm of the knowledge of good and bad. And we wrestle with that all the time. Knowledge of good and bad. Discerning between the good and the bad all the time. And we yearn to what? Go to it an easier time. Haven't you ever, ever thought? And wouldn't it be just nice if life was black and white? True and false. Life and death. Is it truly that easy? That is what we all yearn for, and that connection with heaven gets us closer to go back to that garden experience where we go back to where life truly is as easy as life and death. As you see Moshe present to the people at the end of Deuteronomy, that second generation, hey, I put before you life and death now choose life. And you're thinking, well, the Torah, isn't that just a whole bunch of good and bad and a whole gray spectrum kind of morphing back and forth between the the light side to the dark side, and it's kind of a gradual gradient in between of getting slightly less white to more black in between? Is it truly I put before you life and death? but choose life. That's one of the things that you see, that you see the Apostle Yaakov in one of his letters is talking about, you know, there are sins that lead to death. But don't be a part of those that are veering off away from the kingdom of God toward death. We may I think eh, it's just kind of a spectrum. You know, you want to be, as you see, some of the Eastern traditions will say, you should just have a blend. Your light side, your black side, kind of blend them together so that you can become a whole and complete person. Kind of the, as it's come to be known as Rasputinism, where you just, you become a more effective Messiah because you have tasted the dark as well as the light. You know, that is one of the deceptions is like, you know, to be a truly effective Messiah, a true deliverer, you have to experience the depths of evil. But that's one of the things that we see in Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter four. It's like we have a high priest that is not completely unaware of what we struggle with. Not completely unaware that we live in a world that has been ruled by this idea of the tree of knowledge of good and bad. And we struggle with that all the time. Not completely unaware of it. But the Mashiach has come to show us that we can move toward and be back into a kingdom where it truly is life and death true, and false. That is truly where we can get, and that's why Paul keeps riffing on in his letters when he talks about spirit versus the flesh. That's back to the tree of life again. You go to the tree of life, that's a spirit-led life, where you're trusting in God. You go away from the tree of life, you're going toward the tree of knowledge of good and bad, where life is just a a soup of gray. So that is one of the, the key lessons as we kind of are talking into the world today and saying, all right, truly is this whole thing that we're facing now truth versus falsehood? life versus death, is that truly what we're faced with now? Now, in more modern times, things are getting to be, you could say, a little bit more defined. Things are getting to be a little bit more obvious. Now, the interesting thing is is that you also see, people will describe and you see the prophets talk about that there will come a time where people will invert the two. Right will be wrong. Wrong will be right. Things will become inverted. People will get confused. They have no idea which way to go anymore. But as we have the lessons from heaven on this, as the things are truly life and truly versus death, they become even more stark. I mean, for example, we're, we're talking into a world right now that we're still in the book of Genesis. And as we were talking before, we're faced with a period where one of the most basic things it is about humans, male and female. In modern society, completely confused to the point where some of the most... You could say educated, legal minds, people that are supposed to be able to divide truth versus error, logic versus illogic, have no idea. Can't answer the question. Well, what is a woman? I don't know. What do you mean? I don't know. I'm not a biologist. Um, That is one of the basic definitions that we have there. So... When you're coming from a realm of the creator of heaven and earth, it is pretty easy. You can look at that and say, uh, someone is saying that you have no idea, male or female. I can decide to be female. I can decide to be male. Um, When you're looking at a picture of the creator of heaven and earth, there is no no uh, confusion on that one way or the other you have to be taught that there is confusion on that if you were to look at that step back from the situation and say is that true is that false you look at that and say well that is absolutely false to say that you cannot know or that one can switch to the other Now we can see that there are the distinctions for this example where people will bring up and say, well, yes, you have the situations where people end up with a, you could say, confused genetics. But, number one, that is rare, extremely rare. And number two, even with those confused genetics, you still know what they are, whether you've got extra one or extra the other or dual of them. You still can say, okay, that is that situation. It's not a mystery. Now people will say, aha! Because of that one little exception, then everything is a mystery. So as we kind of look into the world today, we see people are confused by a sea of gray. Confused with a gray spectrum between good and bad. Is it more bad? Is it more good? Until you see the Mashiach come out and say, hey, you call me good. There is only one who is good. And when you take that back even further, and he says to Pilate, I I am the truth. And... Pilots is like, what is truth? They had the same problem at that time that we have today, where they had muddied it down to say, well, there's no way to know what truth is. What is truth? What is truth? Well, you're saying, thy word is truth. Oh, yeah, your you're, you're truth. Your truth. Well, as, as it goes on, as we've talked about in the beginning, the reason why... Genesis is the foundation of it is you go back and it says at the absolute first part of it in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's not, it's not the, the Titans duking it out and somehow one came on top of the other. It's not spontaneous generation. It's not this. It's not that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What, is the better way to actually see reality. I mean, you can come up with all kinds of different ways to murky it up further, but the fact, like we were saying last Shabbat, the fact that you can hear me, the vibrations going through the air, and understand them, that in itself is a testimony. So, what do we see in Genesis chapter 1? And God said, and God said, and God said, The word is one of the greatest testimonies of what is true and what is actually false in the world. So we're we're living in a world that needs desperately needs a lifeline. More people are starting to wake up and say, Hey, this is getting crazy. Just turning everything into a sea of just we can't know anything anymore to just unmoor everybody unmooring the children or you say ah, you can't trust what your parents say or, we'll we'll tell you what to believe to unmoor them from the things that are true and just say hey life is but a sea of gray So that is one of the greatest messages that we have today. Any last thoughts as we kind of close out things here today? That in the world today, people are looking for answers. But one of the things that we can can tell them is that, yes, it is as simple as life and death. And that heaven is not looking to smite us, but actually to choose life over death and the things that are true the things that are false actually have the bigger implication to them because the true things live on life the false things will end death Uh, yes alex i was gonna say i'm not a preachy person but when i see young people as a tradesman I'll talk to young kids at the hardware store, see them on the job. I'll tell them, will look, look at them and say, don't be a doper or a drunk because you won't remember this stuff. I've seen it. Yes. You won't be able to detail, and I can remember the price and the size. Thank God I gave this stuff up early on. But if you take it for a career and you're on Medicaid, it's, you got scrambled eggs up there, Yeah, and, it's, and that's gospel. And, and you, you bring up a very interesting point. And uh, one of the, the warnings that people in, in modern times were, were talking about the, uh, the work there, Brave New World, that was um, a warning in the early <laughs> part of the 1900s. And one of those warnings is is that the way that you can enslave people is to drive them into the pursuit of, we call that the flesh, Pursuit of the things of pleasure, of distractions, to the point where they either don't care or they can't tell the difference anymore. Because you are not left with the struggle of, you know, for example, you're, you're in a lot of emotional pain. Do you just dull out the pain or do you wrestle with that pain? Which direction am I going to take? Yeah. And now that's one of the other great things that you see in the word is that, especially like in Proverbs, when it says, uh, it uses the, the various illustrations of, you know, people that are uh, freezing to death at night, you know, more people will keep you from freezing to death. And the illustration of ropes and cords, that one strand is not as strong as multiple strands. And a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. The idea that if you are together, that you yourself can be broken with your pain that you're dealing with. You can be broken. But you start adding other people together and intertwine them together like a rope intertwined together. You can become immensely strong that whatever weight that is pulling on you you can bear up underneath it. Yes. Oh, Amen. Uh, yes. Oh, oh, uh, yes. Rose, go ahead and then. I, I was just thinking of a commercial years ago that advertised uh, a hotel, and uh, his last words were, all, uh, "We'll leave the light on." <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I think for us, we'll just leave the light on, and yes. you know when they're in the dark. They're going to come to the light. Yes. So if our light, if our light is shining, you know, then they are going to know where to come.
1: So and, we'll that's, just, and that's one of the we'll great leave the
0: light on prophecies of Zechariah chapter eight is is that when you see in the day of the Lord approaches and things just unravel to a great degree, people look for answers yeah. and they turn to hey, they grab on to it. it says they you know they grab on to the tzitzit. Of one jew because we've heard that god's with you we are looking for the answers we know that there is just not this just soup of gray out there there are the things that are eternal me and make fun of me and my family does you know uh, it's like okay you go ahead I'm still here, though. <laughs> yeah, I was just talking with a, with a family member we were just getting perplexed about the great unraveling of the things in the world. And I was just saying, well, it, if you are coming from a community of faith, our brothers and sisters have gone through all kinds of things over thousands of years. Good times, bad times, God. things unraveling, things coming apart, been subjugated, been under totalitarian regimes, whatnot but they held on. They held on to the rock that does not move, no matter what is going on. Yes, hallelujah. So, so thus, one of the great messages we have is our rock is not like their rocks, that just rolling on. Yes, amen. Uh, yes, Anne. I, I thought I saw the word conveyor in your ladder. Conveyor, Yes. And, uh, you know, conveyor belt or whatever is constantly going up or, you know, up and down and that kind of thing. And so when it said the angels of God going up and down, and I, I see Yeshua going up and down, gathering those that are lost and bringing them up. And and I thought that that was really a good word to use, there, the conveyor. Now, maybe you saw something in the Hebrew of that that showed thing was moving. It's not just the <laughs> ladder where you have to, climb up well it's yeah it's just the idea of messengers in motion messengers in motion actually when i was thinking about it, escalator is one thing but one of the things i was actually thinking about is you know during wine grape harvest season the conveyors that they use to move the grapes up when they dump the uh, the bins of grapes in there and they you see the conveyor moving the clusters up into the uh, the crusher And it's just, you know, all the clusters, just one after the other, after the other, just going on up there, being carried up. And you think about our our prayers, our concerns, the the things that are upon our hearts, like a conveyor, just, just moving right on up and also coming back down with, what, the answers. You've been listening to a discussion at Hallel Fellowship, if you would like to hear more discussions, or if you have any questions, visit the website at halel.info. That's H-A-L-L-E-L dot I-N-F-O. Hallel.info.